Michael Yo's got his own show. Michael Yo's got his own show. If you're looking for a place to go, the only place to go is the Yo Show. The only place to go is the Yo Show. Welcome to the Michael Yo Show. First of all, before we get to my girl Nikki Carr, I want to remind you my special drops March 17th. Uh, 2022 is going to be on the YouTube channel. So make sure you go there and subscribe. Uh, you'll see the full podcast of everybody interview on my YouTube channel. You'll see clips of my special stand up clips and, of course, podcast clips on my Facebook. And if you're just listening to the audio, you don't have to do nothing. You just keep rolling. Now, I'm very excited to have her in the studio. I met her here at the cellar. She's a great comic. I mean, she just crushes it when she's on stage. Nikki Carr, what's up? How are you? Good afternoon. How are you, Michael? I you? am great. So first of all, I want to know like your story. Where where'd you grow up? How'd you get into comedy? How was your life like growing up? Okay, uh, my life was lonely because I'm an only child. Just yeah, me and my mom. Me too. I'm an only child. Yeah. So that you know, I spent a lot of time inside my head. All my best friends live inside my head. Okay. I had siblings in my head. I had a lot going on in my head. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess that's why I started graying so early. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> the crowdedness. And uh, I grew up in Bronx, New York. And uh, straight A student, of course. Really? Of course. I'm not surprised about that. I'm just like, I was a terrible student. Yeah, I was a straight A student, you know. Did and you enjoy school? I did. Until I got to high school. Then it, it, it was ugly. Taft High School was ugly inside. Uh-huh. And I, and I refused to go, so... Um, yeah. Why'd you refuse to go? Because it was ugly. Like, like, like you're talking about ugly people or just ugly? Aesthetically. Aesthetically. Ugly. It was ugly. So you didn't want to go because it was ugly. It was so ugly. And the, the wooden brown doodoo color tables and stuck to the chair and I, I couldn't take it. It was, I don't know what that was. Yeah. So uh, I just didn't go. Did and you drop out of school then? I dropped out and then they, but I wasn't old enough to drop out. I was still under my mother's care. And when she found out I hadn't been to school all that time, she was very, very upset. But they, what they did, they put me in the annex. For it was for the truants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And I excelled there. It was, it was still good. It was better, actually. It was prettier because it was new. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go through high school. You uh-huh. graduated high school or no? I finished, but I didn't graduate. You finished. Okay, so. What led you, after high school, uh, what led you to the comedy game? Were you kind of just floating around job to job and then comedy came a part of your life? This is what happened. My father, as everyone knows, is the great jazz drummer Bruno Carr. Yep. Uh, I hadn't seen him since I was about six years old. And when I became a teenager, I asked my mom to help me find him. And for some reason, she would get, get kind of angry, and she'd go, get famous, and he'll find you. So I could sing, but, you know, like, I mean it in my jokes when I say you have to be sexy to be a singer. I just didn't have the look, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> but naturally, I like making people laugh. I was always a very, very silly person, very always. So Were you the class clown? I wasn't actually. Okay, okay. But in the neighborhood, you know. People knew you were funny. The stoop was my stage. You know, we I all love on it. the stoop and I'm on stage. Everybody's laughing. I'll do anything for a laugh, you know. So that's what I did. I um, tried out to be a comedian. And I said, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, 
Okay. Now, when you say you tried out, where'd you go first? I went to the New York Comedy Club. And how old were you at this time? Old. Old. Yes. You started late. I started late. There's nothing wrong with that. I started late. Yeah, but. Uh... I started really late. My, <laughs> so what made you say, okay, I'm going to start whatever age you started at. What made you say, okay, you lived a lot of your life and you go, no, I'm going to do comedy now. Because you asked your mom about finding your dad I was way earlier in your yes, life. Yes, I did. But um, I worked. I worked and, you know, did what I had to do. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid, too. You know, other things came up. So uh, after I had my my daughter, Deja, then I decided, okay, I'm going to try. You're going to go for it. Yeah. And then years before that, I was going to do it. And I was living with a woman, and I, and I talked to her about it. And she goes, well, everybody that you know thinks you're hilarious, but what if you get in front of a room full of strangers and they don't think so? And that kind of threw me back into my shell for wow. a couple of years. So what I would do was I would go into stores and just say something silly and listen to see if strangers would laugh. And they did. You know, one African dude said, you are so funny. You should be a comedy. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, so that's pretty much how that started. And so you went to New York New State? I, I called them and they said I have to bring some paying customers and they'll give me some stage time. And um, how many? Who'd you bring? Oh man, I bought five of my best friends. Uh, I think one of my coworkers, Gwen, was there, and two girls I grew up with, uh, Gail and Wanda. My brother, who I call my brother, but he's not really my brother, but he's passed on now. His name is Guy. So all my, you know, close friends were there. So and my mom, of course. And your mom. So how'd you do your first time up? Oh my gosh, they were banging on the table, stomping on the floor, bending over, laughing like. Now, like, just your friends or everybody? In everybody. There? Really? Yeah, just my friends. I would have been like, we'll, I'll meet you on the stoop. This didn't work <laughs> out. You know, but it was the whole place, and they gave me a standing ovation. Your first time up, My ever. first time up. And that must have had you hooked right there. I did. I started um, entering contests mm -hmm. and winning. I did like one, out the gate, out the gate, Wow. you know, and doing mostly mainstream rooms um, like because I, I don't want to cut you off. But TJ, uh, a comic that works at the cellar, just saw you and kind of freaked out and goes, oh, my God, I've seen you crush in certain rooms. How's that feel? He's an up and comer. Right. I, I don't you know, I don't know how that happens. I really, really don't. Uh huh. You know, I, but people tell me that all the time and. You know, it's nice. It's yeah. a nice feeling because if I didn't at least make people laugh, I would quit. I see some people who go on for years and sometimes don't make people laugh. And I'm go, and I'm like, I why do, do you do it? Yeah, <laughs> but you know what it is? Some comics, you know, and I don't want to put comics in a in a box or anything. But some comics, all they need is one or two laughs. Their whole set, and they <laughs> feel like. I've seen comics not do well and come off stage and go, that was great. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Like I said, like we all have okay sets here and there. But when I say they didn't do well at all, but mm -hmm. they thought it went well. Right. That's what's weird to me. And I left out pretty much one really, really important thing as to, to what made me decide to go and be a comedian. Yeah. And that is uh, while I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, who is now 25, um, I was laying in the house watching Tavis Smiley on BET. Remember that show? Yes. Come on late. Mm -hmm. And Steve Harvey was on there, and he was talking about the difference between a comic 
and a comedian. And I said to myself, wow, I'm a comedian. So what's the difference? What did he say? Well, he basically talked about how comics mimic. That, that's, those weren't his words, but that's yeah, what I, I got, got from it. Comics mimic comedians. Got you. Nikki, I'm a comedian. Do you remember any of those uh, first bits you were doing when you got that standing ovation? Some of them I still do today. <laughs> no, really? I'm about to say, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I did some impressions. Um, I did Iggy Ignatowski from Taxi. I did a few impressions. It was really, really good. Like, I surprised myself. So when is the first time where you killed it up front? And then how many shows in where you didn't do well and you go, whoa, okay, this is not... Or did every show you just murder after that? Um, honestly, I've had two bad shows in my career. Two. Now, what's the level of bad? What's bad mean? Because to different comics, it means different things. Well, I did a club called 112 in Atlanta a lot, a lot of years ago. And the host, it was like we were commercials in his show. You know what I mean? Like he would go up and he would do all this time. And he was really killing it. He was doing all kinds of things and... And uh, I didn't have a good day that day, and I didn't do well. As in what? Was that? Did they boo you off? Did no, they, they didn't boo me. They just was like, you know, just sitting there watching. And how me. long was your set? Fifteen minutes, maybe. Oh, that's the worst feeling. For 15 yeah, minutes, it was yeah. terrible. But um, I blamed it on myself. Yeah. And I decided that was never going to happen again. And the first time I did a black room. That uh, was the well, first time. No, no, no. The first time I did a black room, I forgot about that. I didn't really do well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I walked in, it was the Peppermint Lounge in New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, I walked in and I saw all these stars. I saw Bill Bellamy. I mean, I saw, I was struck, stuck. And they brought me to the stage and I did okay, but I, I just couldn't hold my my. Do you feel process. like you have to go in, even today, if you went, would you do the same set in a black room that you would do at the cellar? Or do you have to switch it up a little bit? Um, not really. Not really. Not yeah. Really. Once you're a veteran and you know what's funny, it doesn't matter what color. Yeah, you have, I can really. do my set in the church if I have to. You could some of it. Some. Ah. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> now let's start. Last comic standing. What got you to go on that show? Um, I ran into a comedian when I was in New York, and he was telling me, you know, just audition, send a tape, and they flew me out. And, blah, and blah, blah. you were doing okay in New York at that time, right? You were getting no, out. no, I'm just kidding. Oh no, <laughs> like the Comedy Cellar? I've never been to the Comedy Cellar in New York. No, no, no. I'm talking about like you were. Were you going up a lot at that time in different clubs? I mean, in what they call the Chitlin Circuit. I Got was, you. Okay. You know? Okay. And and on the road, I was a road comic. Okay, you know, last road name dog. Car. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this whole last comic standing comes up. So yeah, and then I and then I ran into him, and people had sent me the link to send a clip, and I refused to do it. First of all, because I don't like competitions. Mm. Um, you know, my rule for comedy is be yourself and have a good time. How how do you compete with that? And I feel like they're always rigged. So I didn't want to do it, and then. I said, all right, I'll send the clip. And I sent the clip, and they called me and told me I didn't get it one night. And I was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling my friends, I'm like, what the hell they called me for? Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody want that kind of call. No, don't Just don't call. Right. So then a few months later, I'm sitting in the restaurant again after some comedy wee hours of the morning, and I get another call asking me, do I still want to be on the show? I was like, 
all right, you know. And they flew me out. I auditioned for Wanda Sykes, and I got it. Now, were you excited, or because the way you said it, like, okay, I'll try this. Like, yeah, I'll try it because I didn't really expect to, to get on. I really didn't because they already told me once. No. So when did it hit you, like, oh, okay, I'm going to L.A. And when you landed, did you realize when you landed you were going to perform in front of Wanda Sykes? I didn't know that Wanda Sykes was going to be there now. And how was that? That was cool because I'm a huge fan, you know, of hers. I think her, her te forget about the fact that she's a lesbian, but her, her comedy is intelligent. Yes. And I love intelligent comedy. So I was a fan of hers. Did you, after you said, did you meet her and how was that? I and were you nervous, like performing in front of her? I wasn't. Comedy doesn't make me nervous. I don't know why. What makes you nervous? Nothing, Nothing really. really. Okay, all <laughs> mice. right. Uh, mice, I'm not nervous. I'm downright afraid. There you go. Yeah, so um, I did the audition, and, and then they told me, yeah, and they flew me back out, and I stayed out here in California, and it was pretty cool. It was cool. I didn't, I didn't expect to win. I never had it in me that I was going to win because it's a competition, and it's on TV. Now, were you surprised you got as far as you got since it's a competition? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I really wasn't. I mean, I love making people laugh. So it was not a big thing for me. It was Was it because you But at that time I was homeless, so I was happy to be in California staying in a beautiful hotel for yeah. all those months. That was awesome. So you're homeless, you're on this show, and now you got you came uh runner up in the show, correct? Or third? Second. Second, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Did that change your life at all at that moment or not really? Yes, it made my career worse. No. <laughs> because everyone uh, had agents and teams and, and they were all booked for the entire year before the season was even over. And it took me, let's see, it took me about eight months to get my first show after that. And I figured nobody came for me because they thought I already had somebody because I was on the show. Mm. That's what I thought anyway. And then people were telling me, no, you go after them. But I didn't know how to do that. So that was that. So you felt like you missed out. I window. felt like I missed out. Because even in the meetings, they would tell me, Nikki, you're going to make so much money because you have the, the LGBTQ, then, mm -hmm. you, then you have everybody else. You know, you're just going to make so much money. And I was like, yeah. Who won your season? Rodman. Rodman, okay. Oh, what? Uh, 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 well, well, okay. All right. Do you feel like you should have won that him? I did win. I did win. I had no business being that good at that time in my life. Uh, it wasn't a whole lot in my life to be laughing at. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Most of the time, I didn't feel good about my life. Okay. So it's easy to. Be all, you know, when you got support and a network and this, that, and the thing. But I didn't have that. Uh -huh. I didn't even have a home. And I went that far and I did that well to me. That's I a win. Won. So after you're, I mean, I'm sure people are seeing you in different places after the show and recognizing you, right? Yes. So, but you're still homeless after the show. Well, no, actually. Okay, so did that change? That did change. Okay. Um, because I did get to go on the tour. And um, so, you know, you got paid every week for the tour. And we did theaters all over the country. It was awesome. Um, 
So I use that money to get an apartment, of course. <laughs> first things first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So how did it go from being homeless to now people recognizing you? Was that a weird type of dynamic? Because you seem like when you talk to it, it's very just like, eh, it is what it is. You know, yeah, like you don't, you it's didn't true because people don't really know notice me like that. I, they never really did. Even right after the show? Well, a few times in New York. You know, one time I was standing on the corner and I was feeling really low and this guy was with his kids and he goes, oh my God, Nikki Carr. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that just changed my whole energy for that evening. But yeah, I'm, I'm not really a happy person, but I always have happy to give people. I don't, I don't get that. So personally, you're not happy, but you love to entertain I and love, make other people happy. I love to make other people happy. That makes me happy. What's been the best moment of your comedy career, you would say? I think doing the military shows. Yeah. Yeah. I did a tour of Iraq. I've always done military since the beginning, actually. Three months into comedy, I was given a European uh, comedy tour where I would go and do all the bases and bring other sisters with me, you know. And then I booked a guy, and of course, he stole the tour and didn't even book me after that. So that was, <laughs> that was what I learned about the backstabbing part of comedy early on. Yeah. You know? So that was crazy. Have you had a worse thing happen on stage? Like any crazy stuff happen ever on stage with you? Yeah, I was taped. Well, it didn't happen to me, but I was taping Martin Lawrence First Amendment stand up. And as I was getting to the end of my set, a riot breaks out in the audience. A riot to my left breaks out. I see fists. I see people jumping over chairs. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> it was ridiculous right there. So they cleared that, and then I finished my set, and it was great. It was still now. Good. Did that ever air? Your set? No, the, my set did air. They did. So they took out the fighting. They took out the okay. fight, but <laughs> you can hear it because I knew it where where it happened at. Like I can hear it escalating right escalating. there, you know. And I stopped and goes, "Is everything okay?" You know. And then the next thing I know, oh, people jumping, the marine, the navy guys, or somebody. They were all fighting over there. I was like, "Oh my god!" So that was crazy. So. Now, you said at the beginning you become famous. You're on this TV show. Mm -hmm. That's a big TV show at the time. Mm -hmm. Did your dad come calling after that, or you've never oh, met your dad? I never finished that part, right? Yeah. Uh, I never got to meet my dad. He died in 93, mm -hmm. and I got on TV in 99. Now, you but kinda... that's how I got my kids. That's how I found my kids. That's how they found me, actually. Tell they me were, that story. They were 17 and 18. Well, they were, they were, I was uh, a victim of custodial interference. I was married to an African and he took my kids. They were four and five. Man. Yeah. And Your I, life doesn't stop. It does don't it? stop. <laughs> it so, don't you're, so you had kids with this guy and he took them to Africa. He took them to Africa. They were supposed to go to his house in the Bronx to stay for the weekend. And he called me the day he was supposed to bring them back and told me that I'm never going to see them again unless I come to Africa and stop being gay and all this different stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I was never, ever, ever going to see them again. So that is why I got into comedy, because I use mommy's Get Famous and He'll Find You. I use that to get my daughters back. And it happened. You know, I think Was it because of the show? It because happened. of Comic View. I said, because if they're my kids, they like comedy. Right? They silly, you know. And... uh I got on, and they How was it, me. like, meeting out? Because, what, you didn't see him in, like, 15 years? I didn't see him for a long time. I did see them in court um, 
when they were seven and eight. Uh-huh. And then I lost the case or something. And he had, that's a, that is a long and harrowing story. No, we don't need to go into that. <laughs> so but anyway. So you didn't see him for like 10 years. I didn't see him for another 10 years. And so I got on TV. But you got on TV, they call you? How did, how'd you meet up? with? How, like, um, how did it happen? They Because they didn't have social media back then, so. They kind of, they did find me on a website uh-huh. called Mom Power Production because what's happening is my oldest daughter is sitting at home watching TV and she's talking to her boyfriend on the phone. And then they show me on Comic View and she said, she told her boyfriend, I think I just saw my mother on TV. And they, at this time, they're 17 and 18. They know I live somewhere in New York, so they're planning to go and find me anyway. Oh, wow. You know, so when my other daughter comes in, my oldest daughter's sitting there crying, and she's like, what happened? And she said, I saw mom on TV, you know, so they got to the computer. So they, they just thought it was you. They, they didn't know. Well, they did flash my name. You know, on Comic View, they flash oh, so, your name. But they knew your name then? At the end. Yeah, they know my okay, name. Okay, because, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> and... um. They went to the uh, computer and typed it in Nikki Carr Comedian. I came up on Mom Pop Productions' website. They called him. He called me. I was out of the country with Barbara Carlisle in Italy. And as soon as I got off the plane, like, my phone was going crazy when I turned it back on. And it was him trying to reach me. And he says, uh, there's a young lady that contacted me and says she's your daughter. And I said, what was her name? And he couldn't pronounce it. I was like, oh, my God. It was an African name. That's her. Yeah, her name is Yetunde. Yetudi. Yetunde Oguleye. That's my daughter. So, <laughs> and uh, I called them, and we made an arrangement to meet up. I had two more kids now, and the four of us, I mean, the all of us met, and we spent the night in a hotel in California, I mean, in um, Philadelphia, and that was my first time ever How was being, that? How was that? It was, it was great. It was great. It's amazing. And now you, you keep in touch with him as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit? Okay. Not as much as I would like to. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't think they're very understanding of that, which, which kind of makes me angry. But, you know, it's a, it's a, because there's a whole nother piece to the story that's not really happy now mm. and hasn't been for the last five years. I got six grandkids who I don't see that often, you know, so yeah. it's, it's a lot. Well, let me ask you this, Nick. It seems like you got a lot always going on in always. your life. Always. But I can say this. Every time you're at the seller, you bring such a positive attitude to the seller and you crush on stage. Let, where would you like to see Nikki Carr in five years? I need some movies. Mm-hmm. I should have been in movies. And I need some of the people who say, if one of us ever make it, I got the other one. And they made it. And so you know people that have actually made it and not... Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. People who, you know, we were going everywhere together at first, and now you're a star, and you know, you're kind of in the dust or unforgotten, or you can't even acknowledge me on social media if I say hi or, you know, stuff like that. It hurts. What do you think, what do you think changes in people when they get famous? They have more famous friends, I guess. <laughs> They're traveling in a more f- famous circle, you know. And um, I don't know. I, I I don't want anybody to give me anything but yeah. opportunities. Yeah. You know. But I think I, I think I need a movie. And I and right after last comic, I should have had a special, a comedy special. Mm-hmm. Should have. I should have two or three of them on Netflix. I should. See. 
So, so let me ask you this: What are you doing to make that happen? Then? What am I doing? Yeah, I pray got, a lot. You pray. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I pray a lot, but at this point, you know, I've been. This will be twenty-five years. This August will be twenty-five years, and and I kind of feel like it's too late now. Really, I do. And it's never too late. Nikki George Carr. Wallace told me he said you you just a baby. I said a baby. I've been doing this twenty-five years. I have nothing to show for it, really. You know, and he goes, you're just a baby. Just stay with it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to help you with this and call this you can't, person. You can't give up hope, Nikki. Yeah, but I feel like it's going to be like I'm going to finally make it or do something really big and wonderful and then I'm going to die. <laughs> that's not a positive attitude, is it, Nikki? Is it? That's a but terrible that's way feel, to look at it. You know, because I'm so old. Like if something, something good is going to happen and then I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, I want to get to enjoy it. You know, I want to I want to hang around and enjoy it. Well, you know what? Maybe things aren't going well right now. But one thing you do do is when you're on stage, you light up the room and you make a lot of people happy. Well, that's good. That's you know, that's what I love. There you go. Well, Always. Nikki, Nikki Carr, mm. we're going to do this again. And hopefully next time we got some momentum going. Yeah, we're going to be going to do a part two. We, oh, they're going to be part two, three, four, five. Um, everybody, how can people follow you? Are you on Instagram, Twitter? I am. My regular Instagram got hacked. Oh, Lord. So I had to start a new one called The Real Comedian Nikki Carr. And that's who I am on Instagram. Of course, I have my dry bar special out there yep. somewhere. And uh, what else? I'm on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Nikki Carr. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. I appreciate you inviting me. All right. All you people, subscribe to the YouTube page. Watch all the videos. We got Dan Cook, Jim Jeffries, people coming up. We got the fabulous Nikki Carr on there. Uh, and be a part of my Facebook page. All the clips, all the uh, stand-up clips are on there. My special, March 17th. Remember, 2022, subscribe to the Facebook page and make it happen. Uh, we will see you next time on the Michael Yup Show. show. Michael, yours got his own show. If you're looking for a place to go, the only place to go is the Yo Show. The only place to go is the Yo Show.